Welcome all to Dragonland, where Matt Dragon will hijack your train of thoughts and lead you into a world of true comedy. As a child, when it came to like school and like extracurriculars, I sucked. I didn't. I didn't like to do anything. Um, I tried. I really did try because that, that's one thing about me. I'm a fucking trier. So I, I tried, but man, I tried chess club track and field wrestling i did cheerleading for a couple months obviously you know why cheerleading lasted a couple months and the other ones lasted like a week <laughs> it, not for nothing uh they were really lovely like girls they're they're pretty awesome and then, then a lot of them are still my friends to this day so heh <laughs> got a bunch of tens as my friends but i have a wife who's going to hate that, that I just said that. But obviously she's been my wife for eight years. So, or my, like she's been, she's been my life partner for like eight years. We're, we're actually, fun fact, we're actually not married yet. I'm going to have to lock it down after this podcast because fuck. Nowadays, because of the internet, you can't do anything. Every, everything is just like self-snitching. And if I'm going to make a podcast where I talk, I have to talk about everything. So everything, it's out there. So back to what I, what I was saying. Um, so yeah, I, I, I did everything. I tried everything from fucking chess club to cheerleading and from fucking field hockey to I don't fucking know. It it, it was it, it it wasn't it wasn't a valiant effort when it came to athletics or even or any extracurricular. So much so that I would get get everybody involved so we can do our own. And everybody was always down for it. So in I wanna say middle school is when I first put together with my breakdancing crew, Street Rockers, we put together uh, a performance, right? We put to, uh, it was in uh, the middle of a halftime show of basketball. Fun fact, Fuego, Tommy Fuego, who was on last episode, was part of the basketball team. He's pretty nasty. He was fucking like 11 feet tall when we were like in eighth grade. So imagine. <laughs> um. So I, I remember we, we would fucking, oh my God, so terrible. It was so long ago. We would go go get stoned and go to those fucking, <laughs> those basketball games in like ninth or eighth grade, eighth, eighth grade. Ugh, so bad, bro. No eye drops, like right in front of the school. It was, we were those kids. <laughs> it was pretty Pretty cool. Because I brought that same energy from Ocala. I brought that shit to Kissimmee. And everybody was like, yo, Matt is wildin'. 
who is this fucking guy? But I digress. Um, in middle school, we put together a performance and we we shut well, like we showed out like we were popping. We were popping so hard. I remember signing autographs to <laughs> my fucking classmates. It was pretty cool. Like we put together these uh, routines, these dance like these dance routines. It was like at the height of like you got served and the step up movies and you know America's best dance crew and all that shit. Like it was. It was in that era and we dove in, we dove in, we took it like, like (laughs) in our little like hometown of Marion Oaks, Ocala, I'm going to pour it all out. We we were, we we popping, we were popping as, um, I talk a lot about that in the, my second episode of the Matt Dragon origin story. I talk a lot about that there, but so yeah, like that's that's was like that performance in middle school was my first uh I guess uh exposure into being an entertainer. I was definitely always the fucking class clown. So <laughs> it was it felt it felt like it was my duty to make my classmates at least smile once in that fucking hellhole because, man, the Florida public school system. Oh, my God. I rather... I, I, I'm, I, when my son is of age, he will be going to public or private schools because of my choice. Because it's fucking disgusting the way that Florida like handles its its educational system and the fact that DeSantis is getting like praise about being like the school governor. I don't know, man. Like he ain't doing shit but fucking stirring up a bunch of political bullshit so that he can fucking run for president in a couple of years. He's really not helping anybody. I'm literally from here and I can tell you that from experience. The public school system is garbage here and because of that I felt it I felt the need to just try to like shine a little light so if I wasn't being an arrogant asshole I was trying to be as funny as possible so that that was like always my goal was to make somebody laugh I in my senior year I got so fucking good at it that my teacher had like this creative idea so she put a bunch of words on the board and all the words was like fantastic and optimistic and go getter and all these like optimistic, awesome words. And she was like, class, you have to look at all these words and choose three that describe yourself. Yo, I don't remember her name right now, but she was like the best teacher because of her. I was able to spit so much game to Lorena because she was so chill. So I was able to spit so much game to my girl in high school. Uh, it was awesome. And look at us today. Getting married sometime in the future. <laughs> <clears throat> so with all these words on the board and, and the class going over, you know, there's a girl over in the corner and she's like, I'm creative and I'm beautiful. You know, there's there's another guy. He's like, oh, I'm strong and, cro- and, cor- and courageous. 
I raise my hand and I go, Miss, you didn't put real ass nigga on the board. <laughs> Bro, the class erupted. The class erupted. The teacher, she was fucking hunched over. She was like a young, like a uh, black woman. And she was, man, she was hilarious. On our last day, we fucking watched. <laughs> I'm about to rat her out. <laughs> on our last day, we watched. Um, the one of, one of the last episodes of The Bachelor, and like all the girls in the class, and plus her, she was like all the te- like the teacher, everybody in the fucking class was like glued to the TV and crying and shit. I was sitting in the background. I was like, man, who the fuck is this guy? He is literally corny, like you know, mock mocking the whole entire thing. No one thought it was funny that day because they were all into The Bachelor. I was like, I've never even seen this show before. We're in high school. Why are you guys watching this weird shit? Whatever. I'm going to watch anime because I've been 15 for the last 20 years. <laughs> but I, I, I remember just always trying to be the center of attention. So I moved that same energy of trying to put together performances when my parents forced me because, I mean, as a kid, you have to go where your parents go. So when um, when we moved from Ocala to Kissimmee, I try to bring that same performance energy. Like I, I try to keep it. I try to keep it up as much as possible. So I remember my like second or third day of school. Again, I was, at the time I was into break dancing and flipping and doing a bunch of cool shit. So I remember like trying to talk about it to people, and. You know, it was my second or third day. They were like, man, this fucking new kid's talking mad shit. He's fucking, he's fucking crazy. And remind you, at the time, I was chubby, but I had lost a bunch of weight previously. So, but I was new. So no one fucking knew that. So I was like, you think I'm, you you think I'm fat now? You should have saw me before. So I walked, I walked after math class in like, what was it? 10th grade after math class, I walked right out. No, it was ninth grade. Uh, I walked right out and there, like, I took my backpack off and I was like, yo, check it. And everybody's like, oh shit. Like everybody, like there's like 30 kids. They all stop and stare at me. And I'm like, bet I'm used to this shit. And I fucking just boop, boop, hit my backflip. Gang. Everybody's like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, what's up bitches. And like, <laughs> And like I pick my backpack off and I walk off by myself. Again, it's my like, like second day. So I don't have any friends to celebrate. But from there, I meet my... I, well, everybody starts talking about the new kid who can do backflips and that's a breakdancer and shit. So there was a group of kids at, um, at my school who were B-boys. Like, it was like... Like ten of them. It was it was pretty like surreal that I came from a place where nobody did it but me to a place where there's a whole community. And I was like, what? This is fucking crazy. So I meet B-boy Vicious Victor, who fucking Google his name. He probably doesn't remember me at all. <laughs> Again, I known I I met him. We went to school for like together for like six months and then he disappeared because he became a fucking famous as b-boy at like 16 17 years old like it was pretty crazy he was, he was in a couple of grades uh higher than me again he he doesn't he probably doesn't even know i exist 
But again, I do. And I remember meeting him and being in the fucking cafeteria and watching him fucking do flare, flare to air flare. Google that shit. Like at, at the level where me and my friends were in Ocala to see how fucking advanced these kids were over here. I was like, yo, we were trying to be you got served. These guys are fucking like Jabberwocky level, like America's best dance crew level, like my level of thinking. Like I'm like, yo, these guys are on Red Bull BC One. Red Bull BC One is uh international b-boy competition. So it it really it blew my mind. I was like, damn. So because of my backflip after math class, I got to meet, you know, a famous b-boy. I met um uh, a couple other guys that are amazing. I met my uh, friend B-Boy Mix, who just started a fucking YouTube react channel. And he's, I want to say he's just as funny as me, but no one is. So I'm sorry, Mix. Mix Sane. I don't know. I don't know what you want to go by, but I'm going to actually have him on the podcast soon. So don't worry because, man... That's like I said, the people that I know all are go-getters. They all try to do, they're all triers. They all progress and they all evolve. And that's why I know them. That's why I'm involved in their lives. That's why they're involved in mine. So again, I met B-Boy Mix, who is fucking insane still to this day. So in high school, all those years ago, he has not let it go and is still amazing to this day. But um, I digress. Uh, so I meet, through meeting the B-Boys, I meet a group of kids that call themselves trickers. I was like, what the fuck is a tricker? That's fucking crazy. What a tricker is, is it's, a, it's, it's pretty much all the flashy parts of martial arts. So like capoeira, capoeira, capoeira. I have the worst Spanish accent, unless I'm doing my Gloria impression from Modern Family. I'll do it later. It's it's a pretty good impression. I can pretty I can do a pretty good Cam impression too. Watch Modern Family. It's really fucking funny. <laughs> so back to what I was saying. I, I'm um. So because I meet you know all these b boys at my school, uh, I just remember b boy Mix wasn't from our school. Mix wasn't from our school, but he was like always like around. So I, I, I don't even know. He was literally always around. I don't know where he came from. He's like a mythical being. <laughs> um, so uh, meeting the B-boys, I now are introduced to the trickers and they're fucking crazy. They become, you know, my crew. They become my best friends, you know. Um, Lewis and Giovanni. <laughs> These guys, uh, they are now doing stunts. They're doing a bunch of crazy acting. They're doing a bunch of like, they're, they're like extras and uh, not even extras. I don't even, I, I want to be respectful because they came from flipping and doing like crazy uh, practice, like fight scenes in the backyard and the grass after school to now performing those moves in Netflix movies. Whoa. Like my, like it, 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 that shatters me right now. The fact that I just 
paste that. Like, like these guys are fucking insanity. And if you guys want to fact check all this, you can. Like I talk, I <laughs> I don't talk to them a lot lately because they're fucking busy. Because again, they're they took what they learned. And we're practicing and stuck to it all those years from high school to now making it a career. Some inspiration. Those are my fucking like guys. Uh, oh, h- hanging out with guys like uh, Lewis and Giovanni and uh, uh, Michael Mix uh, to hang out with these guys. And my my best friend, Ryan, who I talk at length about in my Matt Dragon origin story. It, he just, fun fact, Ryan just sent me, oh my God, a clip from 2014 of me trying to do, I guess, an impression because I wasn't singing like myself, I, I I was trying to copy other people. I got it was an impression of Kellen Quinn's and Sleeping with Sirens cover of Iris, that acoustic song from the Goo Goo Dolls. So, <laughs> I I was literally tone deaf, man. Whoa, like I knew I was, but to fucking hear it, it hurts. It hurts my ears. <laughs> it's really bad, and that exists somewhere in the world. <laughs> And what can I do? Because you have to start from somewhere, dude. It, whether it's in the backyard, flipping in the grass, if it's a terrible fucking cover of Iris from the Goo Goo Dolls, not to shame the person who's playing the guitar in that cover. Ryan Dosoto himself was playing the acoustic guitar in that cover in the clip he sent me. And man, he fucking was great at that. Back then, he was fucking amazing with that fucking guitar. And that guitar is beautiful. Her name's Selena. And she's an acoustic, beautiful, oh my God, some crazy sounding. Still to this day, what what did I, I, I bought it for $50 off one of my breakdancing friends. I bought it off, I bought it off her for 50 bucks. When I got home, I Googled what it was. It was a $400 Epiphone acoustic. The very next day, Ryan came over. It had like a broken tuning knob or something. He was like, can I, ha- like, can I borrow it? And I was like, yeah, I don't care. I'm not, I, I don't even really want to know how to use the guitar. I just bought it because I wanted to start collecting instruments because I wanted to start building a studio. <laughs> my, studio's, my studio's decent. I like it right now. Like it's, it's it's minimal, but it does what it needs to do. And that's literally all I need. I need to fucking focus on speaking into the microphone too. Shit, I keep moving around. Of course I tell her, you know, the, the guitar is worth so much. But um, besides that, uh, Ryan takes the guitar and he fixes it. And he starts to learn. And I probably, I want to say in about like three or four months, we're like, what the fuck? Where the hell did all this skill come from? Like, he was legit doing covers of songs, and he he learned that guitar. He stayed on it for a while, and I still tell him to this day, like, bro, pick that shit up. But you know, your interest, you grow, and your interests go other places. Like, now he's like this social media marketing genius, and like all these other crazy things. But b- besides sucking my friend's dicks, 
I I really looked up to how passionate they were about everything, you know? Uh it, it that helped me stay motivated throughout the years because I was like, yo, if they if they don't if they can't stop, I won't stop either. And it's not for nothing, but between males, that's healthy. That's a really good like source of motivation is being challenged by your homies, being challenged by people you consider um, peers, people you consider to be equals. When they challenge you and they expect more of you, that's a good thing. You have like try to live up to that because they see something in you that you don't. And that's the truth. And I remember Ryan telling me, bro, you're tone deaf now, but when you figure it out and you combine like your singing and all that crazy shit where you're performing, bro, you're gonna you're gonna be unstoppable. And this year, this year because of Fuego, I figure that shit out. I, I figure that shit out and I can't wait. I can't wait for the next for the upcoming shows. I've been practicing, I made new songs. Oh my god. I'm going to fuck shit up for these upcoming shows. Speaking of upcoming shows, I got a few announcements. Um, my Trap Goes Punk, my, 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 my EP of three songs that is a cover, or my mixtape of three songs that is a cover of Kryptonite by Three Doors Down, Ohio Is For Lovers by Hawthorne Heights, and... Cute Without the E, cut from the team by Taking Back Sunday. So those three songs hold a very important place in my heart of how punk and how amazing they are <laughs> and just other like experiences that I had with those songs. Like There's so many others that I could have chose from, but I, I chose those. One, because they're like the most popular out of like most of all the songs that I know. And... If you were to, if you want to get into some technicals, uh, when what their what the the way their vocals are, the way they perform their vocals, where the, the keys they choose, the tempos and all that shit, just aligns perfectly with me. So that coupled with a lot of other things is the reason why I chose Kryptonite, Ohio is for lovers, and cute without the cute without an e cut for the team. I'm 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 considering calling uh, renaming. Cute without an E to just cut from the team. You know, because it, it, it is it is a clever title, Cute Without the E, but people, that's too edgelord nowadays. You know what I'm saying? So if I name the song just Cut from the Team, the second half of the title, I feel like, you know, Cut from the Team, it, it, it makes sense because the whole point of the song of uh, the whole point of the song is that, you know, there's a girl that you really like. Again, this is 2000 pop punk, so bear with me. <laughs> so it's a girl that you're in love with and she apparently loves you back. She said it, you know, and, and you know, she's your princess who gets everything. You give her everything. You're there for her. And she still wants to fucking sleep with the jock. She still wants to leave you and be with the fucking cool guy. You know, I'm just, you know, the chill stoner and here you are like who I, I give you everything and here you are still telling me you love me 
and and then but no, you want to be with the hot 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 tall guy on the football team who probably likes other guys. Nothing wrong with that, but I don't see with him. I don't. I don't. I don't see where you fit into that equation. But of course, you you are who you are, and you want something that you can't have. And because I am who I am, I'm gonna cry about it in a song. And that's literally what the song's about. <laughs> I love that fucking song, and it, it, it that the instrumental that I created for that one is insanity. Bro, it's one of my favorite beats that I've ever made. Um, besides that, I have a new song. So that is Trap Goes Punk. And that is my mixtape. Three songs that comes out in... I wanna, I'm going to say a couple of weeks. I'm going to make up some announcements on my Instagram, Dragon 2 Pressure. Please follow that for a lot of updates. I update everything there. To continue with the announcements, I have the Dragon Horror Audio Show that you can now find on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else that you find podcasts. Anywhere else that you can find um, Dragonland, you can find the Dragon Horror Audio Show. It is um, my attempt to be scary. No, I'm just kidding. It, it, it's really just a, a narration, a n- narrations of creepypastas, um, real confessions. And there's going to be other horror podcasts where we talk about like conspiracies, conspiracies and like, I don't know, other stuff. It's just in the spirit of Halloween. I'm one of those guys. What can I do? And it's something that I want to continue because horror is my favorite genre. It, 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 when it comes to anything, if I could put a little bit of scary into anything, it's like me being funny. If I can make a joke out of anything, I fucking will. <laughs> so that would be the Dragon Horror Audio Show that, again, you can find anywhere that you can find Dragonland. You can find the Dragon Horror Audio Show. Uh, you can also follow that Instagram for those updates because I kind of want to keep everything separate because the genres are so far apart. So I, I really want to keep everything not on the same page just so I could appease the algorithm gods. <laughs> um, besides that, you can follow the Dragon Horror Audio Show at the Dragon Horror Audio Show on Instagram. Speaking of horror, I am going this weekend to a film festival where my movie, A Furry Friend, which would be brought to you by a Bad Kids production, which is myself, my good friend Raymond, and my other great friend, Wilson. Uh, We are going to Miami on a film festival this weekend because a furry friend has been nominated for an award, Best Horror Short. You can find links to everything I was just talking about in my bio, on Instagram, Dragon 2 Pressure, you can find it or also on my link tree. So it'll be linktree.com slash dragon productions. So please check that out. Also, check out my Patreon. Doesn't have much on there now because I don't have any fucking subscribers. So I'm not going to fucking waste the time and put anything there. I don't really know how Patreon works. I need help. But I do know that. The only reason why I made the Patreon is so that you can support my movement. 
Okay, that is also under Dragon Productions that you can find on my link tree, which again is linktree.com slash Dragon Productions. So yeah, check out my Patreon, become a member, support my movement so that I can buy more equipment, like such as a better microphone for my guests. I can get sound, uh, more soundproofing. I could move the video process along and get some video going. Again, the Patreon is going to be 100% the investment that I'm going to be putting into this podcast, solely this podcast. It's not going to really go. It's not going to go anywhere else. Um, I have some ideas for some charities, but I got to do a lot of research for that. So again, the Patreon, check it out. It's Dragon Productions. Also, you can find the link once more on my linktree.com slash Dragon Production. With that being said, we can move on to my favorite segment, Headlines. I have the best one. A disgraced comedian getting an entire documentary. Oh my God. What did this disgraced comedian do to become so disgraced in America? I wonder what could he have done? Let's find out. As far as successful joker uh, jokesters go, Louis C.K. may have been on top of the world in comedy. Known for provocative storytelling on stage, he parlayed his success as a comic into a career on television with hits such as Louie. <laughs> uh, this article doesn't have it in here, but he also has another show called Lucky Louie, which is hilarious that you can find on his website, louisck.com. You should definitely visit louisck.com. Because, uh, despite what I'm about to read, unfortunately for Louis C.K., much of his success as an actor came to a crash when it when he had allegations against him during the Me Too era, hashtag Me Too era, which had since has since found his professional and personal. All right, check it. So th- this is gonna fucking just scave right over. Like his controversy, so it, 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 if you do a deep dive into the Me, Me Too era controversies that controversies that were surrounding Louis C.K., you know, uh, were crazy. You know, like it, 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 to me, I have no place to speak because I'm not a woman, so I don't know how weird it would be. But his 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 accusations that I really don't want to I, I don't want to get into either because he. he they were ridiculous. And it seemed like people were just searching for a reason to just attack somebody else. The same way they try to cancel Aziz Ansari. And then when you heard about his story, it was just a bad date. Like the girl was like, I don't know how to have a good time. And I'm like, what? You can't fucking take somebody's career because you didn't have a good time on the date. And then you didn't even say anything until the date was over. That's your fault. Sorry. Sorry. And Louis C.K., although it wasn't uh, that innocent, it definitely didn't warrant all the backlash that he got, I think, because he did not use his power to take 
and to 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 take anything. He really didn't. You know, if you were in the room with him, it's because you wanted to be in that room with him. It's not because he was forcing you to do anything. Unfortunately, I guess we can, oh, no, no. Uh, unfortunately, he had to, you know, deal with unfair consequences. But I feel like he handled it He handled it in a, in a great way. He really had a sincere apology for and any any misunderstandings or anything that he did because again it really didn't fucking I don't know he apologized because he I, I guess at some point he felt he felt he was personally responsible for making these women feel uncomfortable and that was really it at the same time he I don't fucking know so besides that uh this new Louis C K documentary may. Be on Showtime. I can't fucking wait to watch it. Because again, as you can tell, I am a Louis C.K. stan. And his comedy is un-fucking-matched. I, I, I don't... I see him in the same light as I see like uh, greats like George Carlin and Bill Hicks and all these other things, uh, all these other people like... If anybody today is funnier than Louis C.K., it's Dave Chappelle sometimes. And again, when it it comes to crafting a joke, this this man knows how to. So I don't. I'm glad that he's he's finally clearing up his name and he's coming out with a documentary and he's making more rounds on podcasts and he has a new movie coming out. That shit excites me because he can rise through whatever bullshit controversy and whatever lame allegations that were put against him and fucking still be a badass motherfucker. I appreciate that shit. I appreciate him and I appreciate his contrib- like his contribution to comedy because if it wasn't for Louis CK stand-ups there would be no Dragonland. I could promise you that because Louis CK was one of the first comedians that I was exposed to by my dad. My my dad my dad my uh he showed me a a lot of a lot of cool shit. <laughs> he showed me a lot of cool shit. Like he showed me all the first Star Wars, all the other things. And along with all the cool shit, he showed me one of the first stand-ups. And one of the first stand-ups I've ever seen was the Louis C.K. stand-up. And again, Chef's Kiss. Fucking watch those. They're all still on Netflix. Because again, you couldn't, they couldn't really cancel him. They can just like shadow ban him for a little bit. Because he can. Lame allegations that held no fire at all. So speaking of comedic geniuses, you know, my comedy guys are fucking killing it right now. In Treatment Meets Dexter in Hulu's psychological thriller, The Patient. Steve Carell stars as a therapist who is abducted by a murderer. By the time the patient is over, nearly everyone in this drama series reflects upon their past actions and decisions. Or dies trying. Yo, that shit sounds fucking cool. I don't care. uh, Steve Carell in a fucking psychological thriller. He's a therapist who gets abducted by a murderer. 
Come on, FX. Another fucking W. Let's talk about all the fucking FX W's real quick. Wilfred, American Horror Story, and now The Patient. Whoa, I'm excited. Oh my fucking God, it sounds so cool. So The Patient stars Steve Carell as a therapist who's abducted by a serial killer. The clear, the, <clears throat> the killer played by Duminal, Duminal Gleason. I got to see a picture of him. I don't know. Is this the new guy? Is this an old guy? I don't know. But orders the therapist to cure him of his deadly ther- <laughs> Oh my God. All right. So the killer kidnaps uh, a therapist and is holding him hostage so that the therapist can cure the killer's deadly tendencies or else. So upon uh, further research, Duminal Gleason is actually the actor who played Bill Weasley, Ron Weasley's first uh, oldest eldest brother in fucking Harry Potter. So fucking cool. Uh, coupled with Steve Carell from The Office, uh, he plays apparently from this little uh, thing I'm reading because I haven't seen the series yet. It only came out a few days ago. Mm, we gotta fucking watch it. He 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 is totally immersed in his dramatic role playing the therapist Alan so Steve Carell plays the therapist Alan and Duminal Gleason plays the killer Sam so I'm gonna do a little voice acting for you because there's a little uh apparently there is a soundbite that has transcripts in this article and so that you can see what you will experience when you listen to the Dragon Audio Show, I think uh, a show, uh, uh, a little reading that consists of The Patient, a new psychological thriller series on Hulu that stars Steve Carell and Dumin Gleason. So I am going to do a little reenactment for you. Uh, it begins with Steve Carell, Gene. Sam, you, you have to listen to me. Duminal Gleason as Sam Fortner. I'm listening, I'm listening. I know how to listen. I understand. This is upsetting for you. I get it. It's a little scary, but this is only half of what you can see. I need you to help me. I want you to help me. I'm asking you for help. You said therapy can work for anyone. Well, I don't think that's truthful. You know I'm right. Carell responds, no, no, you have to understand. I don't think you know what you're doing to me. Gleason responds, I've realized it. Might take you may take you a little time to get used to it, but you will understand what's happening here. Carol responds with, "Listen, whatever's troubling you, we can address it, but not here, not like this." Gleason, Mister Stratus, I have much bigger problems than your other patients. I have a compulsion to kill people. 
Carell. A compulsion? Gleason. Yeah, I do it. Carell. Sam. Gleason. I don't mean I, I just do it once or twice. Every once in a while, I just do it whenever I feel like it. Well, I mean, I, I, I did my best. <laughs> I did my best. I really want to fucking see this show because, man, it's pretty fucking crazy. And to see Steve Carell in a psychological thriller, fuck, that's going to be cool. So Again, Steve Carell, when he does like dramatic, serious roles, man, you have to watch uh, Beautiful Boy. It's a uh, Prime Video original. Bruh, Steve Carell can murder the like I don't know, man. His his roles when they aren't funny roles, because he's an amazing comedian. Like his timing is unmatched. As you can see, like I I uh, did my best impression of his comedy, like his type of comedy in the office on my very first episode of uh Dragonland. So you can check that out. It's actually episode zero. It's called Welcome to Dragonland, baby. Um, so yeah, to see Steve Carell in a different light, he can portray characters in a way that are ugh, monumental. I, I want to say that monumental. Man. Uh, speaking of other funny stuff, Trump gets mocked. <laughs> on his social media platform, Truth Social, for, I guess, uh, truthing out. It's like, I guess that's like the equivalent of, of tweeting, truthing. So while truthing out, why are people so mean? <laughs> because you got caught stealing classified information, dude? Uh Donald Trump was mocked after he asked his followers on Truth Social, why are people so mean? The one-term president who has been infamously, uh, infamously rude to his political opponents and critics over the years asked a question during a 60-post spree on his social media website. Dude, what? Who fucking posts 60 times in a row? Get the fuck out of here. That's insanity. What the fuck? Can, I need a I need a I need a truth social because I, I wonder what the fuck is he posting? Uh I was caught in my underwear and now they want to take my ranch away. I don't fucking know. Oh my hands aren't that small. Why is everybody so mean? No, trust me, my hands aren't the smallest thing on my body. It's it's not orange. It's it's melanin from the skin. Okay, I get tan from the sun. I'm not orange. My hair is real. What the fuck does he tweet sixty times in a row? I don't know. Mister Trump was subject to a recent FBI raid in Mar-a-Lago. I live in Florida. It's pretty. It's 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 pretty insane over here. I'm not gonna lie. You know. Uh, this is also, uh, it, it, it's involved with a sting of a QAnon link. What the fuck? I, I don't know. I'm not going to believe all that. I'm not going to believe all this. The, ex, the ex-president posted a series of memes called Retruths. <laughs> it's called Retruths. He truths out 
things and then retruths stuff on his website called Truth Social. Get the fuck out of here. What world are we living in? This is literally 1984. Get the fuck. Uh, Truth Social? How much truths are you are you truthing out over there on Truth Social, Donald Trump? How m- <laughs> that is it's insane. It's insane. Holy shit. The president has yet to formally explain why he had documents from the National Archives. <laughs> but he suggested that Joe Biden knew about this raid and probably had something to do about it. Is that where you're truthing out over there? (laughs) Is that where you're truthing out on your truth social? I'm going to go retruth that. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) They kicked him off of Twitter. So then he made a rip-off version of Twitter? Come on. I literally have tears in my eyes. He was our president. I miss him as our president. He was the funniest president. Do you fucking remember? (laughs) Do you remember the first thing? (laughs) Oh, no. I'm making myself laugh. Do you remember the first thing he said? Like his first COVID uh, conference when like, Everything was like starting to get shut down in other countries, like their airports and all that shit. He went online. He was like, we're not going to shut down. We're not going to shut down. It was just one guy. It was one guy. He came on a plane from Washington and and we got him. We got him. He's quarantining. It was one guy. We got him. We're not going to shut down. We don't have to. (laughs) Like a month later, the whole country shut down and like the Oh my God, so much despair. So much despair happened because he didn't want to fucking take something seriously for once. <laughs> I don't know. This is this uh this podcast is actually sponsored by Truth Social, Donald Donald Trump's uh social media website that uh I guess you can find the, the truth on. Oh man, that hurts. That hurts, that hurts, that hurts. Uh, Speaking of, uh, just something I I would like to just draw attention to. Because since since this is the goal, I guess it pertains to, I guess, presidency. Because this this shit is definitely Joe Biden's fault. And and whoever came came to the decision of pulling our troops out so irresponsibly uh, from Afghanistan uh, last year. So the the majority of interpreters and other U.S. visa applicants were left behind in Afghanistan. The U.S. still doesn't have reliable data on who was evacuated from Afghanistan, a senior department official says. Um, The U.S. estimates it as they left behind the majority of Afghani of Afghan in uh, Afghan interpreters. I don't know if I'm, I'm pretty sure I've that idea. These interpreters are who have applied for visas to flee Afghanistan, uh, despite frantic efforts to evacuate. 
they can't go anywhere. They're, they're stuck in Afghanistan. You have to keep in mind, these interpreters were helping our military for the last like 25 years. Uh, they've been involved with dealing with the fucking Taliban since the Taliban, I don't know what, uh, Taliban happened, was a thing before I was even fucking born. So, you know, the, some of these people have been, you know, in the fucking trenches, you know, with our military. And we, when we, when we pulled out of that war, So erratically last year, we left them all behind to deal with the Taliban. The Taliban aren't very open-minded and kind-hearted, you know, and understanding, you know, ruling class. They're they're really not. They're they're, they're not the most peace-loving hippie government. You know, they're they're they you know equality for women and gays non-existent who knows i i really don't know i know it's all shrouded in a bunch of misinformation and a lot of other things and that i have to take the time out to learn but i know that these translators that were assisting in the eyes of the enemy these translators that were assisting um the u.s are en- are are the enemy they, they 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 are considered spies so when they are when their identification is found out what do you think happens this is a super unfair situation that kind of could have been prevented had we thought about you know what measures we could take when we were to take our troops and all the support and our U.S. embassy from a place that we have been, we have been involved with for a quarter of a century. I don't understand how we didn't prepare for, you know, all the Afghanistan citizens that were aiding us in these efforts to bring democracy to the, to the, to the Middle East. You know, why didn't we prepare for the moment when we actually were going to leave? Because we didn't think, the only answer is that we didn't think we were ever going to fucking leave there. We thought our occupation was going to last forever. And when we have unfortunate, incompetent leadership and people making decisions, stuff like the troops just being radically removed from a hostile environment, or hostile area where they should be uh, causes fucking chaos. Because again, it, it was a political stunt. Joe Biden removing our troops. It was a political stunt. It was something, oh, I'm bringing our troops back. And then he brought them back. Whoa, you accomplished nothing. You fucking made it worse. Now, people that have been aiding us in these efforts to bring democracy to the Middle East, where they don't even fucking want it, obviously, if the Taliban can become as powerful as they have in the recent fucking time, like in, in, in this little little amount of time. I don't know. I'm just very disappointed. 
I'm very disappointed and I have a little bit of survivor's guilt for those Afghan translators that were left behind. Because again, these were our allies and, uh, you know, in true American fashion, because of our leadership, has nothing to do with the military. It has nothing to do with the military. Those are amazing people. Those are amazing, courageous people that do things we would never fucking do. I would never do. I, I don't think I could. If I have to, I will try, but I don't, it's not something I think I can do. So I'm not going to talk down on, on that at all because, again, it's not the military's fault. It's our incompetent leadership. So I, I don't know. I think, I, I think, you know, I was talking about, uh, donations and possible charity when I was promoting my Patreon. I think I would love to send uh, a, a portion of that to the... I don't know. I saw it in the news this morning, so I'm not exposing anything. <laughs> to the uh, the U.S. Uh, veterans that are actually, you know, hosting Black Ops missions and, 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 secret, and secret missions and all this other crazy shit to aid... These Afghan, these Afghan translators to it to, so there are veterans that have been helping for the last twenty years. You know, get Afghan translators out of there, like having helping them navigate all the red tape and find all the documents and and smuggle them out of Afghanistan into other countries where they can finally get to a U.S. embassy and fucking you find some safety and some solace. You know, it, it takes. Not even our own government, but it, it takes, again, those amazing characters in our military, veterans, who, who understand that, you know, these, these people were and still are in the trenches with us. We cannot leave them behind. So get it together, Joe. What the fuck? To lighten, lighten the mood. <laughs> because, again, I, I, I have this little platform where I talk a lot of shit. And it, it, this is definitely something I felt passionately about when I saw it. I, I, and if I could inform and talk about it a little bit, I'm going to. At, at the risk of being hilarious, I'm, I, I will talk about something serious. And I really do mean that. It's not a joke. But... To digress, a restaurant worker shares the revenge she exacted on a table that walked out on their tab. I'm going to do an impression of what what I think this girl sounds like. To the girl that ran out and didn't pay their tab, restaurants workers get payback on their customers who didn't pay the tab. You forgot your glasses. One of the comments says, girl, those glasses are like $300. Damn, bro. How are you going to walk out on a tab at a restaurant and leave your fucking glasses? So uh, apparently the, (laughs) the message was left on TikTok. Oh, listen. Hold on. Oh, 
oh, she smashed the glasses. She smashed the glasses. So to the girl who didn't pay your tab, you left the glasses, bitch. And then she smashed the glasses. Bro. So the tab was $125. And then somebody in the comment was like, oh, no, I misread. Those are my girl's glasses. They were $300. Whoa. They were actually, so uh, <laughs> this news report did an estimate on the glasses. According to valuavision.com, the average pair of, um, an average pair of women's glasses without insurance, which includes frames and lenses, is approximately $351. Several commenters asked for a story timeline about the incident, but as of reading this, the chick has not updated her TikTok account. So there is no further information, but the... Apparently, this post went so viral that the girl's boyfriend's, uh, the girl's boyfriend who owns the pair of glasses saw it. And those glasses were $351. Listen, people, karma's a fucking bitch. Karma's a bitch. Okay. Karma's a bitch. Pay your fucking tabs. Why are you walk? Why are you walking out of restaurants if you didn't have money to eat there? Okay, don't go there. Whoa, whoa. If you don't have money, don't go to a place where it costs money to do things because you're, you're not going to have a good time and you're possibly going to steal, I guess. I don't fucking know because I don't do stupid shit like that. <laughs> because I'm Matt Dragon, baby, and this was Dragonland. Thank you so much for listening to me and letting me get inside your mind today. It's been... It's been a hard week, but I live for this as you live for me. (laughs) But you can find me on Dragon2Pressure on Instagram. I'm at Dragon Baby. Peace.